Hello, and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we cover magic, houseplants, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm not Nick. (laughs) And that's Eric. So today we're going to do kind of a special episode. Nick's not available this week, so you're getting a bit of a Wands and Fronds and Friends. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Wait, I'm just friends? Yeah, you're just friends. Sad that Nick's not able to be here this week, but I thought instead we would do a bit of a wands and fronds and husbands. Yay. (laughs) Husbands, plural. Husbands, plural. Both of my husbands are here in the room. Um, So yeah, so I thought it might be interesting to sort of get a bit of a spouse perspective. So obviously a lot of our listeners are also witches and I know some of y'all are also married, And I thought this could just be kind of a fun little adventure. So some of you might not know that when Eric and I first got married many moons ago, uh, we... Not that many. (laughs) It was a few moons ago, not too many, I guess. I actually wasn't a witch at the time. So I'd love for you to maybe talk about what that experience has been like for you to be married to someone who then suddenly like morphs into this like crazy planty witch lady that I have become. I guess it wasn't that weird because you were already, uh, well, bohemian was the word. (laughs) I'm not making fun of her. That was the word she actually used when we started dating. She had a very crunchy lifestyle. Um, I like to describe it as the brief time that I was vegan, not because (laughs) I was actually vegan, but because my girlfriend at the time was vegan And since we were freshly minted as a couple, uh, I just ate everywhere she wanted to eat. So, um, yeah, she was vegan. She didn't want to have a television. So let's let's just say this transition into witchiness wasn't exactly jarring, I guess to say. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's fair. I feel like I've always been kind of witch adjacent, one could say. Um, But yeah, so things have obviously changed a lot in the last few years. So we sometimes do cooperative magic together. We've done it a few times. Um, so what is your favorite witchy thing that we've done together? Well, my favorite thing is that I always know about what you're doing. I do listen to the podcast. I know about all the QWPs. Please, please, if you're married, tell your spouse about any weird spells you're doing on the house or on them. Um, it's <laughs> always nice to have participation. So I'm very all for consent. Yeah, consent is key. Uh, but out of all the things that we've done, I've really enjoyed the tarot spreads that we've done together, I thought has been really cool. Um, I think one of my favorite things we've done has been the bay leaves, bay leaves, whenever we uh, wrote our intentions on bay leaves and set them on fire. Yeah, that was fun. We did this ritual where we each had three bay leaves. And so we wrote one thing we wanted to leave in the previous year, one thing that we wanted to manifest, and something that we wanted to keep with us from the year. So the thing we wanted to leave behind, we burned. The thing that we wanted to keep with us, we planted into the ground. And then the thing that we wanted to manifest, we put into a jar of honey to draw in the sweetness. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I know that you also don't tend to mind that basically every Sabbath has a feast associated with it. Uh, I do like a good feast. So that's always been nice. And something that I think people should know if they're on the fence about any kind of witchiness, 
there's a lot more feasts. Y'all have so many feasts. It's amazing. Yeah, we do a lot of feasting. So I guess on the flip side of that, is there anything that's been really weird for you since I've, I guess, come out of the broom closet to you and since I've been more openly living my witch realness for the past few years? Ooh, we're going to air all the dirty couple drama on oh, the podcast. Right. Y'all are going to hear a fight. I'm just kidding. Um, no, you know this already. Jars. There are so many <laughs> jars everywhere. I open the cabinet. There are jars. I open the dishwasher. There's a new jar. I walk into the kitchen. I find jars. Yeah, I guess uh, every witch out there that I know also has a bit of a jar hoarding problem. But the thing is, they're very useful. And to be fair, we use them for lots of mundane stuff, too. Like I use them for food storage in addition to our like glass Pyrex or whatever. So it's not just weird witchy shit that goes into the jars. That's true. It's not all weird witchy shit. But it is a lot of jars. However, the jars started around the same time as the witchy shit. So (laughs) they are very closely related. That's fair. That's fair. I definitely get how those would be linked in your brain. And I think it's also been really interesting getting to learn more about astrology together. I know this isn't an astrology podcast, but we do talk about it a lot. So uh, just as a reminder for anybody that doesn't remember, I am a Virgo sun with a Pisces moon and an Aquarius rising. Eric, do you want to talk about your big three? Yes, I am a Capricorn sun with an Aquarius moon and a Taurus rising. So there's a lot of earth energy happening around here yeah our house is like very particular about the way we do things but I do have to say and shout out to our girl Shannon who is also a Capricorn I love Capricorns and I found out hilariously I don't think I've shared this on the podcast so of course my celebrity crushes all tend to be Capricorns but then I also found out my therapist is a Capricorn as well so I just collect you guys But I do love that because everybody jokes that like Taurus is kind of like the stoner hobbit of the of the earth signs. They're very chill, very cool. I mean, still that earthy energy, very loyal and stuff. But I feel like they're they have a a much more relaxed sort of reputation than Virgos and Capricorns. So I do like that you have a very like laid back style and approach. And I think the Aquarian moon is something that is really great because you're super creative and I think that that's a really beautiful thing about your personality that I really enjoy. Ah, thanks. I'm going to bottle that cuz no one's ever told me I was laid back before. You can be laid back appearing. That's true. I can present laid back, but inside I'm internally screaming into the void. Yeah, says every earth sign ever. So we do get those feels. But yeah, I think that getting to know a little bit more about astrology has been really helpful for us kind of learning about our dynamics. We definitely have talked about our Chiron placements together, which again, y'all, if you want to get read to filth, like find your Chiron placement and read about your core wound and you're going to feel real shit, but then real vindicated. It's like a nice feeling. It's really fun if you read it out loud to your partner, just advice for married people, because then you can watch them stifle chuckles and smiles, and you can kind of get a read on how they feel about you reading yourself to filth. It's really fun. (laughs) Yeah, that was a really fun night. Like we were laying in bed, like before bed, 
and I was reading my Chiron placement to you. And I thought that that was so fucking funny. But I do really love the tarot spreads that we do together. I feel like that's something that for couples in particular, I think tarot can be a really easy, magical thing to kind of incorporate with your partner that's not necessarily like intensive candle spells or (laughs) big rituals or like busting onto the scene with sex magic. I think like tarot is kind of a good, like gentle way to pull people into magic. And it seems like you've really done well with tarot. Like it seems to have been working really well for you. I will say this for any partners out there that are maybe not as into the witchiness or are not practicing the way their partners are. I will say I'm maybe not the best test subject because I'm already like very spiritual and it was not necessarily a hard sell for me. But I will say this for anyone on the fence or just wanting to participate in some way with their partner, tarot is a great way to do that because you don't necessarily have to feel very woo-woo spiritual about it. It can be a great way to start up a conversation. It can be a great way to open up about something. It's a good way to just kind of see what's out there and see what your partner is feeling and a good way for you to kind of air how you're feeling. Sorry to get a little therapist on you, but (laughs) it's a really good way to just kind of like open up a bit. And a lot of the cards are really cool. So, I mean, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually recently gifted you a new tarot deck that I think has been a lot of fun. And I think this is good too, for couples out there, especially if your partner is like interested in practicing with you. I actually found a tarot deck that is um, it's movie themed. And so every card has like a different protagonist from a movie on it. And Eric is obviously a huge film person. I guess not obvious. Nobody knows you. You can tell by the way I look on this podcast that I am obviously a movie person. So Eric is a big film person. Um, They're very creative, a writer, a film director, an editor, basically does it all and is now working on a podcast. Um, But I found this really cool tarot deck that was like movie themed. So it was really nice because then it was like helping you get more into tarot, but then also being able to like gift you something that was really personal, I think was, was really special. It's true. And before anyone says rolls their eyes at the movie thing, it actually makes a lot of sense because the person who designed it did a really great job. And the idea behind it is these tropes and these archetypes have been around for forever and they've been used over and over in stories. And guess what? We're telling the same stories and guess what? They're movies now. So you just have these things where you have these characters and these tropes that are now just tied to like pop culture and it makes it really accessible for the tarot because you're like oh it totally makes sense that lilo from fifth element is the world card like i just drew that the other day and i'm like oh i immediately know what that means it's it's so accessible and it's just fun yeah it can be a really good way too for people that are maybe just getting into tarot because especially things like movies i've also seen really cool literary ones i think those can be great because it's something that I think for a lot of people, it's easier to make those like connections quicker, as opposed to like learning what the fool card means, you know, it's like everybody knows who Forrest Gump is, you know, and like Forrest Gump as the fool just makes sense. And I also think it helps people like understand the cards a bit better. Um, So yeah, I love watching your tarot journey, because I think you're probably more, (laughs) you're probably like more on top of doing daily tarot pools than I am most of the time. 
I do like a good daily tarot poll. I like looking up different spreads and what they mean. Cause if I, I usually do a one card poll, but I like seeing like, like you sent me that two card poll the other day and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Let's try that. And then I've gotten different tarot decks that have different ideas. Like the movie deck that I had had ideas like here's a one card poll. Here's a five card poll. This is what the cards mean. It's just an interesting way to kind of explore it and just kind of just think about things. And it, it just helps for me as a very anxious scatterbrained person to have something vi- very visual to, to focus on. So it, it is very spiritual, but also at the same time, just meditative and, and calming. Yeah, I feel like it seems like it's been really working for you. So we've done, you know, we have done some other magic together. We've done like candle spells together, which is really fun. But I do agree. I think doing the tarot work together is really nice because it is like such a communication thing. So I guess if you were going to give advice, do you have any advice for the partners of newly newly out and proud witchy people? Make a lot of space. Um, And I mean that in the very literal physical sense. And I mean that also in the metaphorical or spiritual sense, um, because there's a lot out there. So you'll probably see your partner come home with books. You'll probably see them come home with jars. And if your partner is a green witch, there will be a lot of plants that will suddenly appear (laughs) everywhere um and they will become sort of the willy wonka of plants in your apartment as it were <laughs> so make space um ask questions uh i think this kind of goes without saying for anything your partner is probably interested in this is just a person thing if they're into something they're probably going to want to talk about it so maybe ask a question maybe ask what book they're reading maybe ask what they're thinking about Also, don't roll your eyes. I haven't done that. I'm not saying that because we had an argument about it. I'm saying it because it's very easy uh, to do that because unfortunately in Western society, we're so rooted in like Christian culture that you don't realize how much it pervades everything until somebody starts talking about something that is not grounded in that necessarily. Um, And you start realizing how much exists outside of that. And you're gonna figure out how much you just inherently have in your brain from growing up in that culture with people just saying things about the Bible around you that even if you're not a Christian just got into your subconscious. So be open to the ride. There's a lot of really cool shit out there, like all of the deity stuff. There's so much that is outside of what maybe you grew up with. So just be open to it. Have fun with it. Ask questions. Talk. It's a really great opportunity to to learn about your partner and about yourself and just like be open to something new and fresh. Because I mean, hey, marriage isn't fun if you're going to be the same person that you were when you got married. Nobody wants to be the same person they were when they got married. I mean, hell, I don't want to be what fucking 20. Two, 23 again like 24 we weren't child bride and husband but <laughs> we were old but we were old for texas we were ancient by texas standards because we were 24 when we got married well that's not any better i don't want to be um, 24 again that's disgusting right. but no i think that something we've talked about a little bit before on the podcast is this like idea of religious trauma and i think it's something i know we have a good number of listeners from across the south um 
and you know, we have people that listen from all over the world, but I can only speak as someone who grew up in the American South that I think religious trauma is something that a lot of people <laughs> end up working through. And I don't know what your perspective is, at least from my side of things, it feels like me coming into the craft and becoming a practicing witch has been really spiritually healing, which I think has basically like meant that I'm a better partner. At least that's how I feel. I feel like being able to like get back in touch with like who I am as a person and rediscovering the idea of like me being not an inherently dirty, sinful, terrible person that should feel shame every waking second. Like witchcraft is kind of the opposite of that. You know, it's like it's self-empowerment. It's remembering that you are the magic and that we all have like the power of creation within us. For me, at least, it's felt really healing. And I do think overall, that's been good for our marriage, too. I do agree. It has, I think, regardless of what it may be, um, I'm just going to like play the more open person for any hesitant partners out there, because I'm all for the witchcraft. I think it's amazing. Um, But I will say just the idea of experiencing a belief system or a thought process that goes beyond speaking from someone else who grew up in the American South, something that goes beyond Christianity, um, or if you're from somewhere else, whatever that thing was, whatever that belief structure was in the country or the town where you were, seeing something else, maybe it's not for you, but just the very idea of entertaining it and then having a conversation about it opens up a lot of doors and does make you closer as a couple because it it helps you find your identity as a couple instead of just being, oh, we're a couple that exists in the American South. So therefore, we have these values, not to say that that's wrong, but just to say, instead, we have discovered who we are as a couple as we're talking about new things and seeing what fits and what doesn't. And it gives you more tools. I'm all for tools. So the more tools you have, the better. And if you only have the five tools you grew up with, you know what? They're probably rusty. They might be a little broken down. Get some new ones. I mean, shit. Tools are like jars. You can never have enough. That's not what I said. (laughs) You all heard it here first, folks. Eric agrees. One can never have enough jars. Um, But no, I think that this, this idea of like magic being a way being a tool essentially that a couple can use like outside of just an individual's magic is something that I think has been a really like unexpected positive side effect of this because I think we're both the type of people where we don't necessarily hold the same I guess quote unquote religious beliefs not that I mean I'm not religious but I think our spiritual practices look very different but that's okay I think too for people that maybe grew up in a very evangelical world, the idea that you and your partner might not have the same spiritual practice can be a very like scary thing initially. But I feel like it's actually been really great because there's not that pressure where we always feel like we have to think the exact same things anymore. And there's something that I think has really made us like stronger and we're able to communicate better. And then I get to talk to you about the Fae. And I know you might not be into the Fae, but you never belittle me putting out crystals for them. That's true. Um, I will say this. Um, What's been really great about not necessarily adhering to one quote unquote religion, especially Christianity, and to probably tie back into what I've heard you talk about on the podcast a lot. Guess what? Christianity just basically stole a lot of shit from everyone else and made it really fucking boring. Yeah. Um, So all that to say, 
if you didn't just immediately turn off this podcast, but I hope you're cheering. Um, pause for cheering. <laughs> um, anyway, there's a lot of overlap between religions just because that just is what happens when people talk and believe things and get passed down and traditions shift and move across cultures. So I would say that while we don't necessarily have the same practice, technically, I would say that we believe a lot of the same things. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. I think we're very, we have very similar beliefs. And we have, um, most importantly, we have shared values, which I think is the most important thing. But, you know, I, I don't think you mind me putting runes all over the outside of the house as long as I keep making you tasty bread every, uh, every Sabbath. So that's true. And you haven't snuck menstrual blood into anything yet that no, I know of that, you know, of no, I wouldn't do that. I, yeah, nope, nope. We're not going to put menstrual blood in anything. So I think those are kind of the only questions I wanted to ask you. So do you have questions you want to ask me as like my husband being on the podcast? Ooh, I'll ask similar question, I guess. Um, back to you, if you want to maybe elaborate a little bit on your experience as coming out of the broom closet, because I know it's one thing to talk to friends about it um, and a completely separate thing to talk to your partner about it. So what was it like finding those things? Because obviously our house just physically has shifted a lot, citing the jars again. <laughs> but there is a lot of shifting just in the household in general. So like kind of what was that like? Did were you freaked out at all or? Yeah, I guess for me, it took a while for me to feel like I was in it enough to want to talk to you about it. Because for a while, you know, it was like, I, of course, was in this headspace where it was like, okay, but is this something that's actually going to stick? Or is this like, just my new obsession? Because I'm, I'm very much like, I'm very much the type of person that is like, always learning. So it's like, I always do, I go down a lot of rabbit holes, right? Which is the great thing about doing this podcast is I love to like, learn and dig in and uncover new stuff. And so for a while, it was like, well, is this just going to be that new thing? And then the more and more, you know, I listened to podcasts, and I was reading and I was doing research on it and just reflecting on my life and how drawn to this type of like, I guess like paganism I was as a child. And then, you know, of course that got fucked up for me through a lot of trauma. So I think once I hit the point where I felt like, no, this feels right, then it didn't seem as scary. But I know that like, that's not the case for everybody, but I feel really fortunate in the sense that like, even though you grew up in the same very like traumatic religious situation as I did, you've always been very like open-minded and especially by that point in our relationship, because I think things had really dramatically shifted when we moved to Los Angeles, like in a really good way. So I think initially I didn't want to like bring it into the household, I guess, so to speak, until I felt really confident that it was something I wanted to like commit myself to. And then once I was at that point, I was like, well, shit, yeah, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> That's fair. I think one thing I would have to bring up about the household is you did talk to me about it, but the one person who's still not okay with it, Willow. Uh, why is Willow not okay with it? 
have you seen the way she looks at you whenever you take care of your plants? That look that's of true. longing. You're paying attention to something that's not her. If she had her way, there would be a lot more puppy magic. That's true. That's true. I just feel like um, it's really unfortunate that Willow was not destined to be a familiar but (laughs) (laughs) she is a lot of things but that is not her role so you're right you're right she does I think get a little uh jealous because it does I mean full disclosure I think this is something that people don't always talk about when they have a lot of plants but it's like yeah this shit looks real cute on the gram but it takes hours every week to take care of all the plants you know I'm like once a week about I'll spend a couple of hours taking care of my house plants And then every day I'm out in the front, like watering the vegetables and the herb garden. And, you know, usually like once or twice a week, I also have to take care of like plants on the back porch and I'm getting exhausted just thinking about how much time I spend taking care of plants. But I really do love it. I love taking care of the plants, but I do know that it's like, it's a much bigger time commitment than all those like splashy Instagram posts would lead you to believe because some people have hundreds of plants and I'm like, how the fuck do you do anything other than just water plants all the time? <laughs> I don't know. It's true. She forgot to mention the time she takes over the bathroom because there are plants in the tub. There are plants in the sink. And sometimes, sorry, guys, I have to pee. And you know what's really weird? When you feel like you're at the last scene of the fucking mummy two hiking through the jungle <laughs> just to take a piss. Yeah, yeah. It's rough in a one bathroom household for sure. If we ever have like money to do like dumb shit, I'm like, I need a plant bathroom, like with a special like shower with a bench in it just for my plants. Like that would be my, if we have stupid money, a plant bidet, (laughs) a plant bidet, except for from the top, because I wouldn't want to squirt water up through their poor drainage holes. This is not a conversation. That, that sounded dirty. In I know. A weird way. That sounded gross. I'm so sorry. We're like sitting around on my plants. and I feel like I need to apologize to them. Like, We're not going to edit that out. We're keeping that nope. in the podcast. That's staying in the podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I think that plant plants just take a lot of time. Oh, you guys might have just heard Willow barked. I'm sure that got picked up. We're talking about plants instead of her, and she heard it. I know. She knew. She was like, y'all were talking about me. You were doing such a good job. <laughs> oh, nice. Do you have any other like questions that you'd want to ask? Yeah. So I have a slight confession. Oh, no. And then a question. Oh, God. So I've maybe you probably know this, but I've never said it to you. Whenever Shannon first started her plant foray into her green witchiness, um, I liked all the plants. And I helped her name all of the plants. But much like the jars and maybe the hydra from some mythology I'll discuss, one became three, became five, became... Guys, I'm not even kidding. It does feel like a jungle. Like, it's nuts in here. Just in this room alone. (sighs) I can't tell these plants apart anymore. Um, So, partners, if you helped name a plant, smile and nod maybe pick one that you actually remember so you can like point to it if a question comes your way because i don't remember any of these things and i have no idea how shannon tells them apart so um i have decided and devised a game to serve as one educational for y'all because i know shannon likes to give tips and tricks and two i don't believe there's any way shannon remembers all of these plants 
Because, like, I, d- I don't. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to point to a couple. There's, I know this is great for y'all. This is visual cues on an audio medium. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'll have to post pictures of which plants we end up talking about. I'm going to point, and you're going to have to tell me what the name of the plant is, the actual name, the name you gave it. If it has one. If it has. Okay, so see, I, I thought they all had names. See how Not good I'm doing. <laughs> And like a little tip or a little tidbit about it. Okay. Um, let's start easy. That one, because I've been staring at it. Oh, so this... I pointed right in front of me just in case y'all could. Um, this is my Calathea Gray Star. Her name is Sally. She's actually Sally the second, because um anybody who's been listening since the beginning might remember that in our very first introductory episode. Uh, Nick asked what my favorite plant was. And I said, my Calathea gray star. And then a few episodes later, I was like, fuck my life. The Calathea gray star has died and taken down a bunch of plants with it. Because as many people know, Calathea are very prone to spider mites. They're like magnets. Um, and Calathea are notoriously bitchy plants, but I am a glutton for punishment. And also I just love the look of this plant so much. So I'm giving it another shot. So something I've been doing to try and like mitigate any potential spider mite issues is every week when I water it, I'm literally taking a cloth and wiping down the front and the back of the leaf of every single leaf on this plant every single time I water it once a week. So it's like it's it's a little excessive, but I do love this plant and you should be cleaning your plants leaves regularly anyway. Um, But other than that, I mean, for Calathea, I have almost everything in terracotta except for my Calathea and they're in glazed pots because they don't like to dry out as much. So, you know, that's the one big difference as far as like the pots. But yeah, that I think just if you have a Calathea, just wipe down the leaves front and back every single time you water it because spider mites will happen. But if you do that, they will not become an infestation. <laughs> okay, that was pretty good. Let's do another one. Okay. That one. Oh, that's that's my Maranta. That's V. You know V. Yeah, but V the first died. V the first my died. Fr- my favorite plant. Well, now you've got your favorite second plant. So that's the other thing I guess we're kind of getting into here as well. It's like if you have a plant that you love and it dies, it's okay to just like get a new one. Um, I love Maranta. It's a red Maranta, the prayer plants. So this one's name is V. It's also in a glazed pot because they don't like to dry out quite as much. I also have um, been wiping down the leaves front and back on this one as well, just because it is in that, like, I think it's technically the Marantaceae family that Calathea, like the gray star, are also in. Um, so it's, they can also get spider mites. They they like a little bit more humidity. So typically I would have it grouped with plants, but I'm just kind of out of room and I need to reorganize. So she's a little alone on that shelf over there. But Yeah. She's pretty. So I will say this um, for all you witches out there. There are so many plants out there. Your partner is going to like one. Partners, if you don't like any plants, like what's wrong with you? Yeah, just find one that you like and then you can get into it. Yeah, just find one plant you like. Let your partner name the plant. I named V and the reason I named her V because the plants, uh, the leaves are red on the bottom. So I definitely made a jump from Louis Vuitton to having the red soles to V because there's red on the bottom and she is a fabulous. She is fabulous. I do love her. She's a really pretty plant. Okay. I'm going to pick one more to wrap us up. Um, um, 
That tiny little one right there. Oh, this one? Baby plant. Baby plant. This baby plant or this baby plant? No, the, well, the t- one in the teeny tiny, tiny little pot. Okay, well, I just held up to you. So the one in the teeny tiny pot is a tiny little string of turtles. So Peperomia prostrata. So these plants are really fun. So Peperomia are kind of colloquially known as um, radiator plants is like their weird old school name. It's a really diverse group of plants. I have a bigger one there. Um, But they have these like really jewel-like succulent leaves that have this white veining that makes them kind of look like turtles. But it's really cool because the reason they're bulbous on top is this is actually, um, oh gosh, what do they call it? They call it like a photosynthetic window, I believe is what it's called. So this is actually like a bit of a clear sort of like plump top that helps channel the light into the plant so it can, you know, plants eat light. The cool thing about peperomia is they are succulent, but they aren't from arid places. So unlike things like, you know, like a rickrack cactus or other like epiphytes, these do want to stay a little bit more moist. So you don't want to let them like completely dry out or they'll, you know, they won't do well. They are a trailing plant, but they're not going to trail quite like a string of hearts. They're really Mm. only going to trail a couple of feet. They don't get to like, you know, draping over the side of you know, they're not going to like dangle dramatically like some of your hanging plants, but they will, they will drape eventually. They're kind of slower growing. Um, but yeah, I actually have like two baby terracottas of one and then a bigger terracotta of them as well. But I love them. I think the string of turtles are really pretty. The other baby that I picked up, I guess I just should mention it since I was like this baby plant. I don't know. They can't see it. You could have just <laughs> totally made shit up. I know. Right. But this is, um, and I'll post a picture of this too. This is like a very tiny philodendron prince of orange. And this was one of my wish wish list plants for a long time. And I just couldn't find them. And then Mickey's the local nursery I go to had them in these tiny little fucking two inch containers. Like this is such a small plant. Eventually these things get huge, but I found a little baby one. And so now I'm just going to like grow it from being super tiny. Um, And I haven't named this one yet. Ooh, do we want to name it live on like the air? I feel like we could name it live. Well, I guess this isn't live. I guess y'all are listening to it magically. Well, whatever. The, it's live right it's, now. Yes, guys, we're actually speaking straight into your ear holes. Wouldn't that be cool? But yeah, so it's a philodendron prince of orange. You mean like the radio? <laughs> okay, well, if you're going to be rude about it, I'm not going to Sorry, I'm a condescending way. bitch. I'm I Capricorn. Know. It's the beautiful Capricornness of you. So I will let you name the philodendron prince of orange. Can we call it Agent Orange? Agent Orange? Yeah, can we do okay. that? Is that allowed? That's allowed. Is that a war crime? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, We're calling it Agent Orange, okay. everybody. We've named him Agent Orange. I was going to do Creamsicle, but that was too cute. I thought Agent Orange gave it like butched well, it up a little bit. I like it because it's in this like cute owl too. So now I'm kind of imagining the owl's name is Agent Orange as well. That's true. We have an owl named Agent Orange now. I like it. I like that. I like that. So we'll definitely post pictures. Well, um, you guys know the drill. We'd love if you have a few minutes to go write a review on iTunes. We have two very lovely written reviews. Um, we would love to have several more. So if you have an iPhone or you use iTunes, if you can go write a review, that's super helpful. I know it's kind of dumb, but it really does matter for things like rankings. Um, you can reach out anytime at Wands and Franz Pod at gmail.com or through our Instagram at Wands and Franz Pod. Eric, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, if you want to, 
encourage Shannon to set up a Patreon. She needs money for cabinets for more jars. So <laughs> I don't keep knocking them over. Yeah, as you can tell, the jar drama. <laughs> anyway, but for real though, um, if y'all want to check me out, um, I have an Instagram. It is E-L Paper Man. And I also have a website. It's just ericlarner.com. I've got all of my short films, all of my writings, and also probably some stuff for my upcoming podcast. So get ready for that. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be, I'm uh, acting in it. It's going to be a really cool podcast. Yeah, I went real Hollywood with it. And I cast my wife. Never been done before. I know. I slept with the director. Anyway, um, (laughs) I think that's all we have for today. So, Eric, to all of the witch bitches out there what do we say blessed be bitches blessed be bitches goodbye goodbye